What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Spart Talk. And today we are recapping the Thursday night football game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles, while also finishing our predictions for Week Two and the Week Two slate of games for the NFL season. So let's get into this Thursday night football matchup here, and I picked the Eagles to win twenty-seven. 2-13, and this game got very close to it. It was 27-14 uh, for the longest time, and then uh, Minnesota started chipping away at the end there, but I mean, I get here to my notes here. I kind of had the stats pulled up and forgot to go back to my notes here, but I'm keeping this a little bit short and sweet because I think there's really only two factors that really went into this game and why the Eagles won. Obviously, the first one is they won the trenches and on both sides of the field tonight. They won on the de- defensive line. They won on the offensive line. They absolutely dominated the Vikings, and that was a big concern for me going into this game was the Vikings' ability to protect Kirk Cousins, and then on top of that, their defense being able to stop the run game versus Philadelphia and – being able to kind of slow down that um, rushing attack that is has made them so good with their with uh, Philadelphia's elite offensive line. So in the game, Philadelphia ran the ball for it just it just makes me laugh forty five times. And the crazy thing is, uh, they had two hundred and fifty four yards on top of the uh, forty five carries. But the crazy thing is, five point six yards a carry on forty five attempts. Being that consistent and that good running the football in a single game, like 45 attempts may be, just imagine a running back doing that for a slate of maybe a four-game, five-game period where he's getting the rock maybe eight to ten times a game. He's getting 5.6 yards a carry. That's very good statistics you know, for uh, just a running back in general, but a team as a whole, that's incredible. And I think it just goes to show how dominant that Eagles offensive line is and how much better they were than the Vikings defensive line. And on the other side of the field, they held Minnesota to nine rushes. So Minnesota got down. I'll get into that here in a little bit, but they got down early. And they kind of gave up on the run game, but also the run game really wasn't working. They rushed for nine rushers, 28 yards, and 3.1 yards per carry. So that was their run game. And it just shows the difference. The time of possession, uh, the control of the game, and the flow of the game was all the Eagles. Like, Minnesota, Minnesota could not stop Philadelphia at all. Like, it was a manhandling in the trenches by Philadelphia. And they forced uh, the Vikings, most importantly, to to become one-dimensional, where they're just relying on the passing game. And when there's no threat of running the football, like, it's it's so easy to game plan and scheme against the team during a game when, you know, they're going to be one-dimensional. So it's just – it just made it so much easier easier for the Eagles to game plan and to kind of tee off on that Vikings offensive line. And, you know, you had the strip sack at the early part of the second half. So uh, Kirk Cousins, though, 
before we get to the Vikings mishaps here, but Kirk Cousins played very good, in my opinion. I thought he did what he could. Uh, no quarterback would have played as good as he did in those conditions. It's just uh, he's a good quarterback, and I do hate that he gets a lot of flack with all this uh, stuff about him not being able to perform in prime time. Well, just look at the team around him. Like, I, like a star receiver, a star receiving core can only do so much with a good quarterback if there's no offensive line to protect him and he's getting pressured every single play. Like, even the bad cornerbacks look good with a great pass rush. So, it just goes to show, he got hit 10 times. He got, or Philadelphia had 10 quarterback hits and two sacks in the game. Um, actually did that, yeah, two sacks. Let me see if the quarterback hit, hits went up for Philadelphia. No, they stayed at 10, so... Yeah, I kind of wrote that down uh, last couple of minutes around the two-minute warning. I didn't know if it changed at all. But it just goes to show just how dominant they were. And it was the key to victory for them. And then you had the Vikings shot themselves in the foot too many times tonight on top of that. They had had, uh, at least three points lost on the fumble on the punt return where they got down inside the red zone and he fumbled on the return. And then... Madison fumbled near midfield, and that probably cost three points for Minnesota, so there's six points right there. Uh, you know, you could also probably divvy in. I think Drake Elliott missed the field goal tonight, too, so you could probably put that in there as well. And then they lost seven points on the uh, Justin Jefferson fumble before the half, and then Philadelphia gained seven points with the strip sack of Kirk Cousins at the start of the second half. And... For people whining and complaining, like from what I saw on Twitter about the Justin Jefferson fumble and then a touchback, like that's like I don't know why people are upset about the rule that that's a touchback. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, I may have just seen like the loud minority on Twitter, but like that there's no reason that we should be penalizing defenses for making great plays and forcing turnovers. It makes absolutely no sense. Why are we going to give the ball back to the offense for fumbling out of the end zone? It makes no sense. We are killing defenses, and with the new rules, with everything, you can't lay a finger on a quarterback anymore without it being a roughing the passer. So it just goes to show that um, – you know, if this becomes more of a controversy as it happens later in the year in a crucial game, there might be a rule change, and that's just going to be a killer blow to defenses. And, like, it would just become 7-on-7 seven seven on that point. It just wouldn't be football anymore because you're basically – because defenses have to play with one hand tied behind their back nowadays. And – at some point, it's going to be two hands tied behind their back, and they're just not going to be able to do anything. So the Eagles are uh, – not the Eagles, but I just always the Eagles on my notes. But the NFL as a whole, uh, they, they just can't keep making the defenses almost pointless and useless with the rule changes and everything because, for me, as a fan of football, I love seeing tactical football. I love seeing good football. and. Scoring a lot of points doesn't necessarily mean good football. And I know people love, like, ooh, 40-40 games, 30-30 games. Like, that's not always fun. Eventually, when you look at something too much or when you see something too much, 
it becomes stale. So it's one of those things that I just it it just doesn't appeal to me. Like why are we catering to offenses when defenses are as important to the game of football? So and it's it's equally so. You know you have your defense, you have your offense. They're very they're equal. They're as equal as you can get, and then special teams. We can debate on that. Uh, I know there's three three phases of football, but uh, and it, you have to win at least two of the win games most times. But special teams doesn't really equate to offense and defense. Defense and offense are basically one and the same. So uh, with that, with my a uh, little bit of rant out of the way, we'll kind of get into these week two predictions here, and I'm excited for this week. I am very excited here. And it should be a fun week of football. I was just kind of looking at it. I'm like, we're already in week two, which is insane. We are already in week two and already, what, close to October now. We're, uh, what, two weeks away from October? So we have this week, next week, and then, what was it, three weeks now? That, That makes it more interesting. So let me see here. So. It'll be twenty, be twenty two next Friday, and then twenty nine. So I, I, so about about the start of the that third week would be the start of October. So that should be that's interesting. That's a very interesting uh, thing. Just this year has gone by re- really fast. It just feels like uh, yesterday I was doing the draft analysis for the NFL draft, and now we're on week two of the NFL season already. So should be a fun season, and let's get into the week two predictions. We have the Raiders at the Bills to start up here. So the Raiders and the Bills. I had the Bills winning 27-23. to 23. And I think this will be a close game. I'm really liking the Raiders this year. They have a really good offensive line. If their defense can play consistent and keep up with what they did last uh, week against Denver, I think they'll be... A very good team this year, especially with the weapons they have on the offensive end. But for me, I'm leaning towards the Bills because of what happened on Monday night against the Jets. And, you know, I think they'll just come out hungry, ready to compete, searching for a win that they lost last week. And for the Raiders, I just think it's, you know, hard going up against a desperate Bills team that is looking to get back on track because if the Bills lose this game at home, start 0-2, like, whatever division's happening there between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, and then on top of that, whatever other divisions are happening in the locker room, that's just going to splinter even more, and this can be a very dire situation here for the Bills. But, you know, I, won't, I would not be surprised if the Raiders – Surprise people and win this game. Uh, I like the Raiders a lot. I think this game will be close. And I think the Raiders offensive line is going to be able to keep Jimmy G clean throughout this game. He's going to be able to find Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. And let me see here real quick if Jacoby's going to be playing in this game. Because he took a nasty hit last week. Um, So, concussion remaining... Sideline for so there's a possibility he might not play actually. With that, he got that was a dirty hit. I'm I'm still on that by Kareem Jackson. That was just not a to me that was not a clean hit. 
there um, and all that. Maybe uh, Sean Payton's doing the headhunter program again. Who knows? But there was a lot of, like, questionable hits by the Broncos last week that I was just like, like, hopefully he's not doing that again. That that would just be messed up. But hopefully Myers is uh will play because if he plays, it just adds another layer to that Raiders offense. And Jimmy G back with Josh McDaniels. Uh, he looks rejuvenated. He looked a little bit rejuvenated last week. He still has his Jimmy G moments, but looked a little bit rejuvenated. But I have the Bills winning this game just because they're desperate. I have them winning 27-23. I think it will be close. I would not be surprised if the Raiders pulled it out, but I'm going to go with the desperate team because if the Bills lose this game, it could go all over the place. And who knows? Josh Allen's on the Madden cover. It could happen. It could be the Madden curse this year that just – bites the team and all that instead of biting the player individually it's going to bite the whole team and whole team's going to suffer uh from that so we're going to move to the ravens at the Bengals, and for me i have the ravens 24 to 17 and i've been on the kind of the bandwagon here of the Bengals starting slow again this year because of joe burrow's uh injury and to me, he just didn't look 100% last week against the Browns. And I thought he would look a lot better. That's why I picked them in the, my I guess, my formal predictions last week on the podcast versus my uh, full season predictions I did on uh, YouTube and where I picked the Browns to win. I thought he would look a little bit healthier than what he did. And he didn't look as healthy as I thought he would. And I just think that's a dangerous spot for the Bengals to be in, especially with a calf injury like that. And we've seen what happened to Aaron Rodgers last week or last week. We've seen what happened to Kevin Durant a couple of years ago with the Golden State Warriors. When when a calf injury that doesn't get like fully healed and you go in and you like I'm gonna play on this and you put a lot of pressure on that calf, your Achilles could pop at any moment. And so I'm it, to me, I don't know if I would be playing him. I think I would have sat him for the first couple of weeks and let him fully heal up. So I think this is going to hurt them in the long run. And on top of that, the Ravens, you know, everybody knows about the Ravens' run game. They are very run heavy. And the Browns had a lot of success against the Bengals last week in the run game. And for the Ravens, they have a little bit more of a dynamic quarterback and Deshaun Watson, a little bit of a different run approach to their offense. So I just think it's going to they're going to be able to eat away at that Bengals defensive front seven and just kind of control the pace, control the flow of the game. And I just think I don't know if Joe Burrow it just scares me that Joe Burrow did not look fully healthy in that game. Obviously it was a rain game and all of that. The receivers weren't catching footballs and uh going on top of that, like it just wasn't a good game for them. So we'll see what happens here. But to me, this is as close to a 50-50 game as you can get right now. If Joe Burrow was healthy, I would definitely be leaning the Bengals. But even last year in the postseason, with a healthy Joe Burrow and the very healthy Bengals team, the Ravens probably should have beat them in the postseason if it wasn't for uh, Tyler Huntley just fumbling on the goal line and then Sam Hubbard going back and scoring a touchdown. So. Like, the Ravens match up well with the Bengals, especially when they're fully healthy. 
And I do like the Bengals, or I do like the Ravens here to pull it out and to go to two and zero, and for the Bengals to go zero and two. So I got the Ravens winning twenty four to seventeen. Then we'll go to another big game here. It's the Chiefs at the Jaguars, and I have the Chiefs winning thirty four to thirty one. And this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be a, a really fun game, like it was in the divisional round last year. I really want to pick the Jaguars to win this game really bad, but I just can't see the Chiefs going 0-2. And I don't see I can't see Andy Reid uh just doing that. Like the Jaguars are a very young team. Trevor Lawrence has his Trevor Lawrence moments, and I think they're going to pop up at some point and it may cost the team the game or some something happens, but this Jaguars team is gonna come out hungry. And they feel like they probably should have won that game last year in the postseason with uh, crucial drops in that game that really cost them the game. And I like I really want to pick the Jaguars here, but I have to stick with the Chiefs. I think these guys are going. Andy Reid's going to get these guys back to playing at a championship level, you know, especially with Kelsey being back. And let me double check this here. I'm pretty sure he's back. Uh, let me double check it here. So says he's questionable, remain limited. Yeah, so I th- he'll be back this week. I think it's crucial for them to get this win against Jacksonville. There's a possibility he won't play against Chicago, especially we'll get into the Chicago game. But if Chicago absolutely gets destroyed here by Tampa Bay, there's a possibility that Travis Kelsey might be able to stay out that game. But I think he has to play this game at least. This is a very competitive Jaguars team. and. I think just having Kelsey back was going to open up a lot of stuff, and it's going to bring a lot of confidence back to this offense that may have some confidence broken after that loss against the Lions. So I got the Chiefs edging out the Jaguars. Uh, uh, I can't see it right now. I got the Chiefs edging out the Jaguars 34-31. to So we'll move on here to one. I'm going to go a little bit short and sweet on this one. I got the Chargers at the Titans. Get a drink here real quick. I got the Chargers winning 28 to 14. And I just like the Chargers in this matchup. I think they outmatched Tennessee with the explosiveness on the offensive end. And I think Variable is going to be able to keep this game close for the first half with his coaching and his game plan and his situational uh awareness and just being able to just being a great coach in general, but the Chargers are just too talented for me to for me to go zero two. But it is the Chargers after all. But I do like uh, the Chargers in this matchup. I think Justin Herbert probably feels like they should have won in that Week One game against Miami. That he got absolutely that was one of the worst like trying in field goal range moments I've seen in a while. Uh, that was just a complete botch by them and the offensive line that just absolutely, like he got he he got sacked what two times a holding penalty I think on on that same drive so it was just not a good sequence there for the offensive line and I think they'll be hungry they'll come out they'll get a good win here against a very tough Titans team and for the Titans zero two doesn't mean hardly anything <coughs> and I think they. Uh, you know, they'll get two wins against the Colts and the Texans, and we'll see what happens against the Jaguars. So 
they'll be competitive throughout the whole year. But for me, I just like the Chargers a little bit more. I think they're just a little bit more explosive on the offensive end, and I don't trust Tannehill that much for the Titans. So I got the Chargers winning 28-14. to And for the uh, Packers at Atlanta, I got Atlanta getting an upset 20-16. to And a lot of it has to do because it is at Atlanta. And Green Bay, historically, over the past uh, – over – Matt McFleur's tenure has had trouble stopping really good running attacks. And Atlanta has a really good running attack. And I know I know they played Chicago last week and they dominated them, but they were playing Chicago. So I don't really take a lot of stock in that. So I'm going to take a lot of stock in what I've seen from the Matt LaFleur era in this ground uh, or this deep or this uh, run-stopping defense of Green Bay, and it hasn't been too good. So I'm looking for the Falcons to kind of dominate that end and be able to kind of control the flow, control the pace of the game. And we're going to kind of see what Jordan Love is made of when uh, his team isn't controlling everything, his team's not up the whole game, and when he has to play behind in a game. So I'm interested to see how he handles that situation. If it does come to that, and I think it will. I like uh, Atlanta here. I think they'll... I think they're a good matchup here for Green Bay, especially in Atlanta. So I got Atlanta being a surprise 2-0 team to start the year with a 20-16 win over Green Bay. And then my next game is the Seahawks at the Lions. And this is a rematch of, I think, the a Week 2 game from last year, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I'm going to look this up real quick. And... Well, I, there we go. October, I think this was week four. It was a week four matchup, actually. They played the Eagles, I think, in maybe week one, week two. They had a similar result to that. But they really played uh, played them well, this Lions team. That was like, this is the Lions team before they turned the corner and started winning a lot of the games. This is the team that was the worst defense in the NFL and they were one and seven. So this is that Lions team. And now this year we had that different Lions team, the Lions team that has a lot of hope. I got the Lions winning 35 to 31 in a shootout. And uh I know I said this last week, I'm not big on Seattle this year. Uh, I just don't really believe in Geno Smith. Like I know everybody gets really hyped up that he had a great year last year, all of this. He led him to the playoffs, but I'm just not big on him. I just think when you go in depth to it, I think he, I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he's a bridge quarterback. I just don't think he's a uh, consistent Pro Bowl caliber type of guy. I think he's going to have his ups and downs, and I think he's going to, depending on the team that he plays against, he's going to have really good games. He's going to have really bad games. And last week he had a really bad game against the Rams and I think this week he'll kind of get back into a rhythm against the Lions. The Lions don't have the best defense in the world. They have a, do have a really good defense front though. And I do like the Lions edging them out. I think the Lions are just a little bit better team. I think Gino may make a mistake here or there. Uh, maybe an interception, maybe a turnover or something like that. And I have the Lions edging out in a shootout. I think it'll be a fun game, a high scoring game. I have the Lions winning 35 to 31. And so we'll go here to a a tank bowl, as uh, some people like to call it. It's the Colts 
at the Texans. And I got the Texans winning 17 to 13. And I really like D'Amico Ryan's defense and what he's able to do on the defensive end. And Houston's defense last week was really good. And I don't think people really realize how good Houston's defense could really be under D'Amico Ryan's and how much young talent that defense has. While the offense still grows and CJ Strauss still grows as a QB. And I think it's going to cause issues for Anthony Richardson. And this Houston defense is a lot better defense than what Jacksonville put out last week. And uh, they get Jacksonville gave some trouble to Anthony Richardson in his first start. So I think Anthony Richardson is going to maybe have a turnover here or there. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, I grew up in a grew up with a family that are really big Col- Colts fans. So. Um, you know, I'm kind of, they're kind of my second team I root for besides the Bears. So the Colts, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they do bad this year. I'm hoping they lose, uh, both of these games to the Texans this year and be able to lose that tiebreaker. So you can pair up Anthony Richardson and Marvin Harrison Jr. And I do, I do think Anthony Richardson's going to have a good game. I just think he's going to be a little bit turnover prone this year just because he is a rookie. He's going to be able to take risk. Hopefully, if Steichen allows him to actually take the risk. Last week was very conservative play calling and not allowing him to, you know, push the ball downfield, open the field up a little bit. So uh, I'm interested to see how if they end up doing that uh, or they continue to play very conservative in their offense while Anthony Richardson still grows as a QB. So. But I got the Texans just because of their defense. I think their defense is going to win in this game. I got Houston winning 17-13 to 13 over the Colts. And then this next game, we got the Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's me being a pessimistic Bears fan. I got the Bear or I got the Buccaneers winning 20-17. to 17. And this Bucs defense, I think, will be too much for this Bears Offensive line and for the bear uh, for the Bears offense, I think we're we're going to see a little bit of struggles here and there. I think there's a possibility this Bears offense could definitely explode and have a great game, but I don't. I just the way the offense offensive line played last week, you're going up against another great defense and another great front seven with Tampa Bay, and I just not have a good matchup here for the Bears, and I like the matchup here with Tampa Bay and. If anything's to go by, that defense was terrible last week and this week. Baker Mayfield has a lot of options to throw to, and I think he can get it done again. So I, I do like Tampa matching up against Chicago here. So I got Tampa Bay winning 27 or 20, 27, 20 to 17. And I'm uh, sorry, I had to get a drink there or for the pause, but the Giants, the next game here, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go too much on the Bears. I'm just uh, a very uh, upset me a lot last week with, with how they lost that game to the Packers. So I'm not I'm not gonna go, go too much into the Bears here. I'm gonna that that might take 20 minutes. So we'll move on here to the Giants at the Cardinals, and I got the Giants winning 24 to 13. And also, uh, just because I put it, I I forgot to look it up, but this is the start of the four o'clock slate here. So everything above was the one o'clock slate for East Coast. Um. 10 a.m. for the West Coast people, but uh, East Coast, this starts the 4 o'clock games for us over here. So the Giants 
have one 24-13 over the Cardinals. I just think the Giants will have a bounce-back game. Their defense is going to be too much for Josh Dobbs. And I think Jonathan Gannon, he's a very awkward uh, fellow, but I think he's just a great coach. He was great last year with Philadelphia. I think he's very intelligent. He's just very weird. And I think he'll be a solid coach for Arizona. I think he'll be really good. They played their butts off last week against Washington and almost won that game. And they were leading for a good portion of it. So I think they'll be competitive with certain teams this year. I think they'll be very competitive. And they'll be in games and they'll be in games that you won't think they'll or you won't you won't think they should be in. Just because Gannon's a very good defensive coach and being able to keep offenses from scoring. But I got the Giants. I just think they're a way better team. They're a little bit uh, better defend, better defensively with their players. And I do like Daniel Jones to get back on track here. It, and uh, I just don't think Arizona has that pass rush like uh, Dallas did uh, last week that's going to give Daniel Jones fits and kind of ruin his day. I think Daniel Jones is going to be able to sit back with a cleaner pocket and be able to deliver the ball to his receiver. So I do like the Giants here, 24-13. to 13. And now we got the 49ers at the Rams. This is going to be a big game for me. I got the Rams winning 24-22 to 22 and like a failed two-point conversion or something like that. But I like this matchup a lot. It's going to be one of my favorite games to watch this week. And I just... I'm on the I'm on the Rams this year. I love what they've done this year. And you don't like I said it last week during the recap. You don't need big names to win games and to dominate in the NFL. You just need players that fit your scheme that are going to t- are going to take coaching very well and criticism very well and they're going to give you 110% and they love the game of football. And you have those type of people you're uh, with a coach like Sean McVay you're going to win football games. And I love what the Rams are doing here. I think this is another, this may be the 50-50 game of the week where I think you go either way. And I'm hoping Puka uh, plays this week, have him in fantasy football. I'm a big Puka Nakua fan. I was, you know, very high on him coming out of BYU this year. Just the injuries uh, caught up to him at BYU, and hopefully they don't in the NFL because I think he could be a very good, receiver in the NFL and we we saw that last week. So I really I think this is going to be very interesting and I'm counting on him playing and being okay. So uh and that's as I'm taking that into account of why I picked the Rams here. So I like the Rams matchup with the 49ers uh defensive backs. The uh 49ers defensive backs have never really impressed me uh over the last couple of years. It's always been that front seven the linebackers, the defensive front or defensive line, their secondary has never been the strong suit of their defense. And actually, I think one of the weakest parts of their team in general. And I just think the Rams are going to be able to attack it this week. And Matthew Stafford looked rejuvenated last week. So I just, I really like that matchup for the Rams. And on top of that, I think the key matchup is the Rams offensive line versus the 49ers defense line. If the 49ers defense line wins in the run game and forces the Rams to be one dimensional, I think that could be 
either it could go one or two ways. It could be very beneficial for the Rams because they might match up very well with that secondary, or it could be very detrimental and just allow 49ers to tee off there at Sam uh, Sam Bradford, at Matthew Stafford. Sam Bradford's the year after Matthew Stafford, uh, or the one the first overall pick after Matthew Stafford. I don't know why I said that. I get them every time like I'm talking, and I just – Every time I think of Matthew Stafford, I think of Sam Bradford. I don't know why. It's just because they're they're closely related. They're the number one picks uh, a year apart. And uh, one career went one way. One career went the other way, unfortunately. And both of them have had their fair share of injuries on top of that. But Matthew Stafford, I really like like what I seen last week of him. And Purdy, this is kind of his really first – Big test as the guy. And can he deliver? And this is a Rams team that he hasn't faced before. This is a Rams team that is fully healthy, fully charged, and is ready to compete and be a playoff team. He didn't play this Rams team last year. This is a team that won the Super Bowl. Yes, they still don't don't have their marquee players, but they got players to compete and to be a playoff team and to make a run in the playoffs. So I'm interested to see how Purdy takes that and how he plays and performs in this game. It's going to be very interesting to me, and I think the Rams will nudge out the 49ers in this game. So now we have the America's Game of the Week, or it was until Aaron Rodgers' Achilles blew out on him. We have the Jets at the Cowboys. And I got the Cowboys winning 16-9. This is going to be a defensive slugfest. There's going to be a lot of interceptions. Uh, there's going to be a lot of turnovers. And there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game. And the Jets' O-line is going to struggle. It's not going to be because of Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson played very good when he had time last week. And Dallas, we seen what they did against a very a very below average offensive line with the Giants. And at times the Jets can play worse or worse. It's not worse. They can play worse than what the Giants played last week. And that could be very scary. So I got Dallas winning this game just because I just, I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be very comfortable back there this week. I think he's going to hit a lot. And I think the Dallas defense is really going to, show out in this game. But on top of that, same thing on the flip side. I think the Jets defense is going to be able to kind of uh, stymie, uh, that's the right word, uh, Dak Prescott, and be able to control the game and force him to commit turnovers in big games like he, you know, he has done in the past. And I just, I really like uh, what the Jets are doing right now. I still think they are a playoff team. I don't necessarily think they're a Super Bowl caliber team anymore. It depends on if they go out and get somebody else or if Zach Wilson actually starts showing those strides of being a quarterback. But and you go back to what DJ Reed said, you know, that like if they want to be one of those historic defenses, they're going to have to win games for their team. They're going to have to get pick sixes. They're going to have to create turnovers, fumbles, and get their team points. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. But they got a lot of turnovers last week against the Bills. We'll see if they can do it this week and be able to edge out Dallas. Like, I'm root for the Jets. 
But I just think Dallas, that defense line is going to be a little bit too much for the Jets' offense, and they're not going to be able to get going. And I think at least Dallas is going to be able to score one touchdown in the game. I don't know if the Jets will be able to score a touchdown in the game. So we'll see what happens here. But I, I like Dallas edging out in the defensive slugfest 16-9 over the Jets. So we'll move on here to Washington at Denver. This is a game that could be very interesting. Washington could definitely go 0-2 or 0-2. We could go 2-0. And I got Washington winning 17-7. Another defensive low-scoring affair between two teams that their offenses struggled last week. And it, like Denver's defense is really good. Sorry if y'all like hear that my mic is I just hit it there. My bad. Uh, sorry. Sorry for that. Like it's gonna be late. It's not. I can't say in advance, but just swiped it. Uh, actually hit it there. Just kind of scratched my chin and actually hit the mic there. Um, so uh, yeah, sorry about sorry about that. But yeah, the out both defenses are very good. They're very um, well coached. They're very well sound. They have a lot of athletes on them, and I just think Washington has a little bit better of an offense. And than Denver does, and I like Washington to come out and win this game. Eric Bieniemy has schemed up against the Broncos for a while now as the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Now he's the Commanders' offensive coordinator. So I like Washington edging them out here, but this is a game that could go either way. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the wire, but I have uh, Washington edging out Denver here. So we'll move. So the Sunday night football game. So we have three games left here. We have the two Monday nights and we get the Sunday night. We have Miami at New England. I got Miami winning 31 to 24. And Tua has just been dominant against New England. Like over the course of the uh of his uh I think here. Um tenure tenure is not uh the best word, but it's the word that's coming to my head over like since he's been the starter in Miami, he's been very dominant against New England. Uh, you know, and I think Miami's just a better team at the moment than New England. And for me, this is a very close game. I think um I'm trying to think here, the Patriots are going to or Bill Belichick is going to coach up a game plan and be able to make this game competitive. I think Mac Jones will be consistent like he always is. And I mean, he's going to be above average. He's going to be able to make great plays, but there's also plays that he could definitely uh, crap the bed on. And so we'll see what happens there. But I just think a defense. New England's defense either needs to make Miami one-dimensional, either cut out the run game and force Miami to pass and put the game on Tua, or they need to shut down Tyreek Hill and kind of do the reversal and make Miami run the football a lot. Like New England did a very good job against Philadelphia in Week 1 and being able to contain that offense. I think they'll be able to do it with Miami just enough. But I just think Miami may make one or two plays here. Tyreek Hill may make one or two plays there. Jalen Waddle, whoever it is. And I think it's going to cost New England the game there. And I I do I do like this game a lot. I think New England has a chance to win this game, but I think Miami's just a little bit better team at the moment. So I'm gonna go Miami with this game. And then for 
Monday night, the Monday night football games, the first one up is the Saints at the Panthers. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like this one was like the Panthers at the Saints. No, it is. It's the Saints at the Panthers, 7 15, Monday night football on ESPN. And then Browns and Steelers is 8 p.m. on ABC. Just to give you all a little bit of heads up there for the Monday night slate there. But New Orleans at Carolina. I got New Orleans winning 23. 213, and you know, this is going to be a little bit of a slow burn of a game. I like New Orleans a lot this year. I think they're going to be a very good team. I think they're a team that could definitely make a run in the postseason with their defense. They have Derek Carr at quarterback. They have really good weapons on the offensive end, and when they get Alvin Kamara back, this this offense is going to be very fun to watch. And they have a big win over a very solid, very competitive Tennessee team, Tennessee Titans team. And for Carolina, I just think they're a little bit too young at the moment. They're a little bit too green. Um, if that's, I think it's the right. Yeah, a little bit too green, or is it blue or green? I think it's green. Just a little bit too new, a little bit too young, and a little bit too raw at the moment. And I like the Saints because they are a little bit more veteran led. They have Derek Carr. They got Cameron Jordan on the defensive end. They got Marshawn Lattimore. They got Michael Thomas. They got. All, all these veterans on this team that, you know, are ready to make a run in the postseason. And Carolina's just a very young team. I think Carolina's going to be able to make this game competitive. They're going to make it fun to watch. But I just think a couple plays here in the fourth quarter by Derek Carr and by this Saints offense is going to be able to open up this game to maybe a two-score game. And I like New Orleans kind of edging out uh, a very young and up-and-coming Carolina team. and. I, I I really like what Carolina's doing. They're just a little bit too young at the moment. So I gotta go Saints twenty-three to thirteen. And then last game of week two, we got the Browns at the Steelers. They got the Browns going two and oh, edging out the I almost said Panthers, edging out the Steelers twenty-one to eighteen. And this will be a very fun AFC North, very physical game between these two teams. This is they're always fun to watch when they play each other. So it will be a fun matchup, and it will come down to the wire, I think. I think it's going to be uh, whoever has the ball last. I think Kenny Pickett, Deshaun Watson are going to be able to lead a game-winning field goal drive to win the game, and I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a very fun game. Maybe not everybody's cup of tea because it's very defensive-heavy, very physical, but a lot of run uh, run first approach from Cleveland, and we'll see what kind of what still the Steelers have in mind with them. Just maybe just throwing it, throwing that tape away against the 49ers and um, just being like, we need to bounce back here. But you know, for me, I just think that Cle- Cleveland showed a lot more, a lot of promise against the Bengals last week versus the Steelers. Obviously, had the opposite end of the spectrum where they got blown out by the 49ers and. I think the Steelers are going to be able to be competitive this year. I just think Cleveland matches up well against them. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, especially in the T.J. Watt era, uh, has never been, has been good against the run, but not great again, especially against some of those top tier teams. And I think they'll be able to slow down Nick Chubb, but I think Nick Chubb's going to get going at some point and be able to open up this Cleveland offense, and that's going to be trouble for the Steelers, and I just, 
this one's a hard one to pick for me, but I just, uh, I like, I don't want to, I, I personally don't want to see the Steelers go 0 2 because I think they could be a very fun team this year if they make a run at it with Kenny Pickett and what they have on their defense and offense and Mike Tomlin just being a great coach. But I think this, I think the Steelers, I think the Browns are just going to edge them out. I think they're a little bit better of a team. I think Miles Garrett is going to get a couple of sacks here and there on third down, be able to end some drives and, kind of take points off the board uh, for Pittsburgh and help Cleveland win this game. So I got Cleveland winning 21-18. And, you know, thank you all for, you know, listening. You know, it's 45 minutes long, but I appreciate it. You know, make sure to like, share, and comment. Let me know how I can make it more enjoyable for y'all and make it a better view or viewing experience, listening experience for y'all. And, yeah, so, yeah, if – uh you know, like I said uh, last episode, if uh, you know stuff's, uh, if you don't see it, uh, I should um, hopefully can get it up Monday, and uh, for the recap and kind of do it Sunday night. But if it's not up Sunday night, just look for it Tuesday and Monday night. The Monday night football game should be on there on Tuesday. So it, if you don't see it Monday, there should always be a podcast Tuesday morning. For y'all to listen to. So if there's, um, you know, just in case something pops up with work or something like that and I'm not able to get to the podcast on Sunday night, I can, you know, do it Monday night and get the recap up uh, after the Monday night football game. So I think this is going to be, you know, a very fun week of football. I am 10 and 7 at the moment with my predictions with the Eagles winning tonight. So we'll see how I'll do this week. And I had a lot of close games last week. So that I lost, so hopefully I can get some on the right side and they can kind of even out and go back to the median there with my picks. So I appreciate y'all, and I will see y'all in the next episode.